I often pose the question as a pastor, what happens when your struggle outlasts your strength? Mm-hmm. We all know we can go through something for a couple of days, couple even some months, but what happens when your problem lasts years? And so for me, trying to navigate homelessness for four years, keeping six kids motivated while I felt like I was mentally drowning, it got too hectic for me. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. My guest today is a prolific author, political candidate, Georgia and American Mother's 2020 National Mother of the Year. She changed her life from poverty, homelessness, and hopelessness to education and receiving her doctorate degree. As the mother of six children, her leadership principles became a solid foundation from which her children built careers in the military, medical field, became authors, college students, and young adult leaders. She has been a guest panelist on different platforms to discuss topics such as leaders in ministry, race and poverty in America, women in politics, entrepreneurship, and homelessness. She's also a licensed and ordained minister. I am pleased to present Dr. Latarsha Holden. Dr. Holden, are you ready to share your story of hope? Yes. Awesome. Oh, and I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. What a tremendous blessing. So my first question is, how in the world did you go from homelessness to getting your doctorate degree? I mean, I can't even imagine the steps that happened to have that journey come to pass. Would you mind sharing that story? So 14 years ago, all of this has happened in the last 14 years. 14 years ago, I was 35 years old. Homeless in the streets of Atlanta with six children for four years. I had a GED in barely no work history. So initially my thought process was, okay, how would I be able to change not only my life, but my six children lives around? At that time, I had two kids in high school, two kids in middle school and two kids in elementary school. And when we was living in a board up house and squatters, I just remember that, um, I had to do something to fight for my family. I really didn't know what that would look like. I dropped out in the 10th grade. I had four kids by the time I was 22. So in my mind, I really never saw anything through or really was organized as a young person. But I just said, well, I got to keep my six kids from the school to prison pipeline, drugs, gangs. And I just decided to go back to college um, while we was living in that board of house at Squatters. I was scared out of my mind. I, here I am, 35, haven't been in school since I was 15 years old. But I knew I had to do something to, to at least try to save my family from homelessness and poverty. Wow. What, what were the first steps that you took to, uh, to decide, okay, I'm going to go to college? What did that look like? <laughs> it was not my first thought. You know, when you're in pain, you want stuff to happen immediately. You want God to kind of come and do something magically in your life. <laughs> and I just remember, I started having dreams and vision of me speaking and preaching around the world. And so I went to church one Sunday. And when the female pastor came off the pulpit after the service, 
I went to her and saw saying, well, I'm having these dreams and visions of me preaching and speaking. I don't know where to start. Honestly, I thought she was going to tell me, go join that ministry class and God was going to make it all better. But she did not do that. She asked one question after she listened to who I was and where we was living in a board of house. She said, well, did you finish school? I said, no. She said, you probably want to start there. I left out of there hotter than fish grease on a Sunday morning. I tell you, I was mad. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that, I'm, I'm thinking, so I left out of that church. I'm like, what? Go back to school? What is this lady talking about? But that night in that board home, I started to pace the floor. I'm crying out to God. And I just said, well, I, I guess I give it a try. And that's what led me to even think about going back to school. But I tell you, um, had she not suggested that, I probably wouldn't know what to do at that point. But I'm glad she did. And that was the starting point of me at least trying to get my life back on track. But I tell you, that journey, that four years was so hard. I often pose the question as a pastor, what happens when your struggle outlasts your strength? We all know we can go through something for a couple of days, couple even some months. But what happens when your problem lasts years? And so for me, trying to navigate homelessness for four years, keeping six kids motivated while I felt like I was mentally drowning, it got too hectic for me. So I remember walking into a hospital here in Riverdale, Georgia, and I walked through them glass doors. I went to the desk. And I know I was probably looking frazzled. My hair, I was just tired. And I said, ma'am, I don't think I can do this anymore. She said, ma'am, are you saying you want to commit suicide? I said, yes, ma'am. I, I, I'm tried everything. Nothing is working. And they kept me for a week for observation. And in that, on that floor, um, they had a padded room. And I asked the lady at the desk, I said, ma'am, can I go in there? She said, ma'am, you're no threat to anybody. I said, I know it, but I need to go in there. Now, at this point, I was not raised in the church. But I went into that room and I dropped down to my knees. Every day I was there for that week. And I just remember raising my hands up to, to heaven, crying, God, are you there? Please help me. I'm scared. I'm lost. I don't know what to do. And I would do that the week that I was there until they released me. Now, although my situation did not turn around immediately, I knew something was different. And before I knew it, I had matriculated through college with my AA, my BA, my MBA. But when I got a step into the PhD program for leadership study, now I did want to bundle jump up to heaven and oh, high yeah. five my man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so impressed that you were able to seek help from your pastor, from the hospital, from God while you were at the hospital. And these became such critical moments in your life. Um, can you share why it is so important that we reach out when we reach these um, overcome moments when we feel like life is just too hard for us to keep going on? The journey was just too hard. And like you said, I think that took some courage to walk into the hospital and say, and I can't do, I don't know what to do. But that week there gave me a time to just cry out to God and just be in solitude for that week. But one thing I did to save my six children from um, the streets and the gangs and going off, dropping out of high school, I gave my six children all I had to give them. Now, the humiliation, that was humiliating for me because I had kids, high school and middle school, they wanted the stuff they saw their friends have. Mm -hmm. I didn't have money. I didn't have anything of material 
possession that I could give to them. So I told my six children, I said, well, I don't have anything materially to give you. So all I have to give you is to show you how to serve and to love you unconditionally. I've been a servant leader since I was a little kid. And so for me, I've been rejected all my life. So I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to get on my only thing I got is to teach them how to give back. And so I said, well, I want to teach you guys how to serve. And they was like, what are you talking about, mom? We don't have anything. How can we help somebody else? And I tell you, I, I, I just gave my six children the only key that I possess, and that was service to others. And I got the newspaper articles, and we did about five events in the community so I can teach them the principles of servant leadership. Now, although they complained and grumbled, and we want this, all right, mama, you trying to teach, all right, how can we help? They was watching me. And so when that was that time was over when I was teaching them, my son came to me his senior in high school. He said, Mother, my way of giving back is going into the United States Marine Corps. He has served 10 and a half years in the Marines. Now he's medically retired. He just received his associate degree in business. Now he's going on to get his bachelor's. Another um, son um, became an entrepreneur doing different things from ride shares, looking after his grandparents. I forgot what they called it, like a, not a CNA, but someone that took after, you know, his grandparents, they fell ill. My other daughter said, mom, my will giving back is going into the medical field. She's an EMT, licensed pharmacy tech, and she just graduated. Well, she just finished her last class to graduate in a couple of weeks with her bachelor's in human services. Another daughter said, mom, my will giving back. Is going um, first, she said to get a degree in human services. She graduated two years ago with her bachelor's. She joined the United States Army three years ago. My 20-year-old is now a four-time published author, a entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. She just released a board game for children to teach them on investing and how to give back the life lessons that I taught her. And my youngest son just graduated from high school. His name is Omega. There's no more coming after him. He is the last <laughs> and the end. So I named him Omega and um, he's gainfully employed. And I I tell you, I've, God has blessed me to many awards, but if he took me home today, my greatest achievement was to see my six children. And I also got a chance to see my grandson last year before Christmas become a published author at nine years old. Ooh. That is so powerful. I love, I love the principles that you've taught here, not only of teaching your children uh, that they can become and do anything and that you gave them the skills to do that. And, and I think they also learned a lot just by watching you, Yes, right? That, hey, look what mom did. And if mom can do that, <laughs> surely I can do it. Do you know what I mean? So I think a lot is the power of example. So you, you go around and you speak to so many people. What is one of the key messages you give to help motivate them in their discouraging times? Um, well, it's two things I talk about. First, I'm big on legacy, how to lead well and leave a legacy. And a lot of times I try to encourage people, I've, by the grace of God, this year alone, I've, God has had me speak um, um, speak from India to Switzerland, Australia. And, um, and he said, remember I said, he said, I saw myself speaking to people around the world. Well, although the world was closed down, he brought the world to me and people all over the world had me on their podcasts and shows. So, but I, my thing is about 
leading well to leave a legacy. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be a celebrity. It means being able to use your gifts and talents. If you're a baker, you just be the best baker you can be. Whatever you got, whatever gifts God, because we all have it inside of us. The power, the, the greatness lies within each of us. And so Jim Ron said that man doesn't have the power to change his direction around overnight, um, but he can change the, the destination overnight. You know, you can't change the direction overnight, but you can change your destination where you're going. And so um, that's what it's about. Using your gifts. And if it's been a happy stay-at-home mom or sing it, whatever your gifts, I try to tell people, use that. And whoever you are meant to touch, that is your legacy. Lead well. One thing I know is about my kids, I tell parents, and I just released, it's a poster back there, uh, a mini parenting guide where I share tips over 30-some years of me parenting. Be honest with your kids. When you're going through stuff, let them see them emotions. Talk to them. I'm feeling depressed. Let kids know that it's okay when you start to when life starts to show up, it's okay to process them emotions, to cry. The thing is, when you get down, it's okay to get down. You got to get back up. You got to keep fighting. Had I given up on my journey, this is why I tell parents, had I given up, I don't know what would happen to my children or my grandchildren. You are the generational curse breakers. You so now had I given up, I wouldn't I wouldn't been able to see the generation of curse being broken off of my family. And now my grandchildren, so now I've, God has saw me, has allowed me to see my children be blessed. Now he's allowed me to see my grandchildren start to want publish books and do things. So you got to keep going. It's it's not about who gets to the finish line quicker. It's about I learned I don't. I don't push nothing. When I ran for office, I didn't do it to try to seem like I'm somebody. I just start running according to who I am. Mm-hmm. When you know who you are and who God made you to be, there's no competition when you are being authentically you. There's no competition. Mm, I love that. No, you're absolutely right because... Um we can only be our best selves. Yes. And I think we struggle the most when we try to compare ourselves to others and say, well, I want to be like them, mm-hmm. but that's their journey. We have to figure out, well, what's my journey? So I have an interesting question for you. Mm-hmm. I, I was speaking a couple months ago and uh, a woman came up, we were talking about you know, inherent traits that we have. And she goes, well, what if I don't feel I have any? What if I feel I don't have any of these gifts or talents? So sometimes we feel like everybody else has gifts and talents, but mm-hmm. we don't. Mm-hmm. Oh my, I actually feel like that lady because I was like, God, I don't have any gifts and talents, you know, because I'm I wasn't from the corporate world. I haven't worked in government or nonprofit for 20, 30 years. I'm like, well, what's my gifts and talents? I love to empower. I love to encourage people. I love to walk with the broken. And to to the world, that might don't seem like nothing because it's not Fortune 500 material. And so you got a gift and talent, whether you you like sitting with the elderly, that's a gift. Mm. Whether you like 
uh, reading to children in a hospital that are sick. That is a gift. We, the thing is, we feel if it's not big time, if it's not dancing, singing, um, some athletic, we feel like we don't really have. Yes, we do. Mm. Yes, we do. And so what I did was my gifts is encouraging and wanting to love on people and 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 and, and, and inspire people. So how did I did that? How do I use that gift? Speaking, writing, um, running for city council, um, uh, advocating for issues that, that are dear to me. That's how I use my gifts. So whoever you are, you're like, well, I don't have the gifts. That's because you're looking on the outside of everyone else. You look on the inside and realize what really makes you happy. I mean, if money wasn't an issue, you can get up every day and go do it. That's your gift. Mm-hmm. That's your gift. And so I just found mine. And, but I definitely was like that. I'm like, God, how can you use me? I don't have anything. Use what I gave you. You're kind. You're insp- you just got to figure out a way to put it in a little business or, you know. And I just decided with every book that I wrote, I'd use kindness and compassion, whether I'm telling my life story, whether I'm writing a book on, le- I wrote a book on leadership or parenting guide, whether I speak. You know, running for city council, whether I'm letting people know that somebody stands with you. And so, yeah, it's just be who you are. It don't have to be something grand. That's how we miss out on our purpose because we keep thinking it has to be something grand. But I tell you this, if you're faithful to God, God would take you places that man cannot. 14 years ago, has someone told me Young lady or lady, if you keep going, 14 years later, you're going to be interviewed around the world. You're going to be featured in magazines. You're going to, God will reward you for your faithfulness. The thing is, we give up because it's not overnight. Mm. My, what I'm, my grandson, you know, my daughter, when, um, when she started to write a book and uh, I, don't, I don't know how to mark. I said, you see, the thing is, you can't get caught up with the overnight stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to keep going, and it, all, God won't see faithfulness. When He see your faithfulness, that no matter Tamara, I didn't have money to market books. So let me let, let me break. I didn't have money to market books when I started writing. I didn't. So I really haven't made a lot of sales because I don't I don't know how to um, market really good. You know that's not my thing. But did that stop me? No. I just well, I'm gonna keep writing and using my gifts. And maybe one day God will bring somebody along that's going to help me market. You, know, you just mm-hmm. keep, I ran for city council. Was I in a political connection or know anybody of influence or affluence? No. I was the underdog in the race when I ran for city council in 2017. But I remember I made a vow to God. God, if you deliver me from hopelessness and homelessness, I'll go back and fight for others. And so when I realized a seat came up in my district, I kept my vow to God. See, a lot of times people forget when God delivered them what they asked, told God they was going to do, and you just go, no. So even I, even though I didn't win that race, race it was a win for my family. Mm-hmm. When I look back and see my grandchildren out there with their signs, both from a grandma, we're all out there. That's a win, you know? And so, yeah, you just use your gifts in ways it just have to be small. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll have more lessons, tips, and things you can apply to your life. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a gift for a friend, sister, or mother who is really struggling right now and you're not sure what to get them? 
it's hard for me to sometimes find those gifts. And so today I'm so excited to tell you about this booklet, The Mother's Might. It's a perfect, simple, inexpensive gift you can give your friends, your family, your sisters, anyone that you want to share this story with. And it will be meaningful. It's not just a little piece of candy that they eat and forget. It's something they can read over and over again because so often we, as women, feel alone and overwhelmed and burdened and like there's so many things weighing upon our shoulders. And what I love about this story is that it points us to Jesus Christ in our times of trouble, that he understands us, he loves us, he knows what we're going through and he is more than willing to help us bear that burden. And I love that about this story, that it gives not only me hope, but it will convey that sense of hope for all of you. So get your copy of it today, tamarakanderson.com store. You can order one, two, 10, 20, however many you want, and we will get those to you so you can get them distributed. All right, now on to our show. I got a newspaper article on the heading when I taught my six kids when we was doing the events in the community. And I didn't even, I wasn't even a person that had a name or degree. It just said Jonesboro woman helps the homeless. Didn't even say my name or anything. And what God would do, God would want to test your faithfulness before he, before you go from glory to glory, level to level. Will you serve when people don't know you? Can you serve with the little that you have? And so out of my obedience, God has, the stuff that he has done and rewarded me for my faithfulness, um, I'm forever grateful. And I just give him all the praise. Oh, well, he has blessed you immensely. And what a gift that you have to be able to share your thoughts and your journey with the world. It's just, it's incredible. And it's so inspirational. And I love the legacy part. I was just thinking so many times as mothers, we feel like what we're doing doesn't matter, you know? And I think that's the devil coming in and saying, what you're doing doesn't matter. It's, you know, mothering doesn't matter. But the truth is mothering matters a whole bunch because look at the difference you have made in your children's life and in your grandchildren's life. You you broke those chains of poverty and you, you built a new future, not only for yourself, but for generations. For generations. They called me and when my son got his social degree, and I remember when, when I was running for city council and my son was stationed in Tennessee. Yeah, he was stationed in Tennessee. And um, I was driving home from a forum and I was putting in the driveway and I got a call and he was kind of, kind of serious on the phone. And I was like, it's okay, you okay? Do you need me? He was like, mother, would you do me the honors? of coming to Tennessee to pin me at my ceremony to Staff Sergeant Holden. And although I was no longer homeless, the residue was still there. Sometimes you can be delivered from something and the residue is still there. And I said, son, I'm surprised you would call and ask me, you know, the struggle in there. He was like, had it not been for you, where would we be? He was like, yes, I'm calling you, not your not grandmama, not granddad. No, I'm calling you. Would you do me the honors? Come in here to pin me. And I said, yes. I'll never forget that phone call that they're watching us. They're watching 
how we handle situations. They're watching whether we stay down or whether we get back up and fight. They're watching. And to see them going after their dreams and goals and starting businesses and graduate from college, things I just, wow, I'm, yeah, it's, it's a blessing. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm got, I got all teary on that. That was so it's, sweet. It's a <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. That's not a long time ago, 14 years. You no. know, the only people knew me then was the welfare office. And I used to ask God, why you didn't allow people to help me? You know, I was out there for you. I was, it was hard. And two things came out of that when I asked him that. He told me, had I allowed people to help you, they would have been saying, had it not been for us, she wouldn't be where she's at. Mm. God is not going to share his glory with no one. But then I realized that the, my particular wilderness experience, it was necessary. For me, I was all I was used to giving up in life. I was used to, as soon as the wind blow wrong, I dropped whatever I was trying to do. If somebody didn't, my mom, my dad didn't like it, I okay, I give up. But had I had someone, I needed the wilderness experience to build up that muscle. Mm -hmm. My undergrad professors told the class that the world belongs to those who are disciplined. Being a homeless taught me the art of discipline. It taught me how to keep going. And it felt like God had left me out there, but I just became stronger. And that's what gave me the strength to run for city council. That's what gave me the strength to matriculate through college when four years I was homeless, two years before college, two years in undergrad. Had it not been for my wilderness experience, I don't know would I be the strong person I am today. I don't know what my faith be where, but I'm, it's everything I do. That's why I say it was God. I didn't know anyone, Tamara. Mm -hmm. 35 years old to be homeless no one came to my rescue I didn't I didn't know nobody that had connections that can help me figure this thing out I was just trusting God and sometimes it got so hard I'm like God are you there I felt like he was trying to kill me but what God is when you're in the purging process he's cutting that stuff away people you know where you don't got used to people talking about you where you don't got used to giving up and it's like my children went through the uh, in the military they had to go through the boot camp the boot camp is to break you down for whatever you thought you had new, but when you come out, you're a soldier, you're a warrior. And so I thank God for me, my wilderness spirit, it was necessary. Oh, I love how you described it as both a wilderness experience and a boot camp, because I yes. think sometimes we do feel like that, that God has dropped us into situations yes. where we, we don't know how to get out of it, yeah. right? That we don't know what the next step is. We feel like we're wandering, we're yeah. tired, we're worn out. We don't know where we're going. It, it, you know, it is really like wandering in a wilderness, but you're right. It is a purging process. A I think it, I think it breaks us down to rock bottom, but rock what better bottom. place to build than on the rock, right? That's it. That's, it. That's why I got the summer famous rise. And you come back, uh, I tell people it's 14 years ago, I was born in Fife. Now I'm the rock, you know, you know, 14 <laughs> years ago, I was, but it is, is my, my faith. I, I I'm always in constant praise and worship. There was no way statistically my family was not supposed to make it out. And I've never been to the school with, um, uh, problems on my kids, never had to go to the police with problems with my kids, drugs. But my one thing, I just remember my kids said, 
you became our guiding, our guiding light. You was like a mentor that although we saw you going through, although we heard people laughing at you and family members joking, you ain't going to be nothing. You kept going. And that's how I asked my son, I don't want to leave. But when my son had graduated from Marine boot camp, I said, son, how did you make it through the Marine have the hardest boot camp? He said, I watched you, mom. He said, I, I, I knew everybody in the family was laughing and talking about you. And, and I heard you crying men on nights, but you didn't give up. He said, you're a nice looking lady. You could have left us. You could have divided us. You could have started drinking, drugging, partying. He said, but you did none of that stuff. And I said, if that woman can keep going, I can keep going. And he said, that's how I made it through the Marine boot camp. Wow. But it's true. We, we yeah. do motivate our children by what we do and what we do as mothers matters. Yes, yes it does. Um, is there a favorite Bible verse that has become particularly meaningful to you through all of your challenges? Um, it's, at first, it's a simple one when it said Jesus wept. And I know it's simple, but for me, the creator, at any time, he could have called legions of angels to his side, to his help. He didn't have to. He didn't have to do what he did. He didn't have to save me. He didn't have to do anything. But the humanity part that he wept to know that things do hurt, things do get harder, just to show the humanity part gave me the strength to keep going, gave me, it's okay to experience those emotions. And that's why I tell my story about being in the hospital because I'm trying to bring awareness to mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay to go seek help. It's okay to get counseling and therapy. We need it. But for me right now, just that, when that, when it said Jesus wept, for me, that, that right there, I mean, he's the Lord of Lords, but he cried that he's not so above us that he can feel what we go through. So for me, it gave now when I go to him and I still have fear. I still have when I'm going out to try something new, you know, and I just remember, OK, you, you didn't bring me this far. And I still you still have to sometimes encourage yourself. I'm just learning how to encourage myself. And I tell my kids, I, say, I won't be here always. Get to know God for yourself. That's the best advice outside of what you saw me go through. I said the best advice I probably can ever give you while I'm here on this earth. Get to know God for yourself. It's going to come a time. This world's going to get worse. Get to know him for yourself. Build that relationship. Learn how to cry out to him. Learn how to get in a praise and worship mode. I, I, I can't take nothing from him. Had he not stepped in, I don't know where I would be. Hmm. No, oh, I feel the same in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I often look at people in their dire situations and think, I don't know how people do it without God's help. I really don't. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm asking everything that, you know, back when you know, I'm like, I'm asking, should I do this? Should I go here? I'm asking for wisdom and guidance. Mm-hmm. He's the only one knows out tomorrow. You know, ask God, you know, even when I did my nonprofit and I just got the incorporation back and see whoever's watching, that's your gifts. You, you, part of your journey, what you've been through, that's, that's part of your gifts and passions and talents where you go back and help somebody else come through. So the fact that he didn't forget about the homeless woman, 35 years old, black woman in the streets of Atlanta, 
I was just lost. I was lost in what the world said about me, family members, friends, people I was in relationship with. I got lost in what they thought about me. But now when I focus on what God says about me and how he looks at me, I was able to write 14 books, 12 within a year and a half. You know, it's amazing that when we stop looking at other people yeah. and trying to be like them, what God can do with us. It's almost like you free yourself from comparison. You put those blinders on, you say, all right, I'm just going to go for what God wants me to be. And not worry about the rest because ultimately that's what matters in the end. That's what, and one thing I would say to that, so many people want the crown without the cross. That's why I say I'm not jealous of nobody because their cross might would kill me. You know, what they mm. had to go through, whatever, it might would have been too much for me. So I'm good with my cross. And that keeps you from trying to get jealous. Like, you don't know what those people went through to get where they're at. And, it's, and it just takes the pleasure away from just enjoying your journey. See, it's something about being a disciple of Christ than a church warm, a, a pure woman. When you've been through something, I mean, when you know you can't, it's no way, it ain't no friend, husband, wife, it was God. Your all is different. You walk different. You talk different. It's something about when you know you have been through something, it was nothing but God that brought you out. Mm -hmm. It's something about it. You just, you just move differently. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. <laughs> I mean, <it> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. And what you're doing now is incredible. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your books and where we can find you, where we can order your books, all of that. We'd love to hear of, of how we can connect with you and, and get more Dr. Holden in our <laughs> lives. <laughs> well, after 14 books, so I have my life story, No Longer Lost. So it's No Longer Lost. It even has named Georgia Mother of the Year for 2020, No Longer Lost. Um, so my life story really give you the, how I was brought up and what made me go off track. I just released my leadership book, uh, for aspiring and new leaders in ministry in the marketplace. I share my leadership principles that I'll use to navigate the, uh, streets of homelessness, running for city council, and just being in different leadership, um, situations. I just released my parenting guide. It's a mini parenting guide where I share over 30 years um, wisdom and knowledge. I wrote this for new parents and teen parents mm -hmm. so they can have something that they can kind of hopefully not fall into some of the pitfalls. Me being a community advocate, I wrote a four-part youth series for youth that deal with sex trafficking, teen dating violence, bullying, and love and forgiveness. I love children, so I had to go to the little kids. I'm an author of four children's books. Oh. All of my books are available on Amazon. Oh, and if, if you order any of my books, I released a, my first Christian comic book last year. You will get a free autograph, my comic book with your order. And if you would like to book me to speak, to do a workshop, to come, even if you want some personal coaching, you can visit me at my website at www.drdrlatarshaholden, the way my name is spelled here, all the way out without the period, Dr. Latarsha Holden dot info and oh email me latarsha holden l-a-t-a-r-s-h-a holden h-o-l-d-e-n latarsha holden at yahoo.com and i'm so excited for you having me oh my goodness this is this has been really amazing and i love your 
excitement, your exuberance. And I just, I'm amazed what God has done with your life. And I think one of the things I'm taking the most away from this interview with you is that you can do anything with God on your side. And he can make, he can make your life completely turn around from homelessness to yes. PhD. My <laughs> word does it get more dramatic than that. I just, oh, oh, my brain goodness. is exploding. <laughs> I, I just started, I'm, I'm living, I'm free to be me. And I'm just doing whatever I feel is who I am. I'm, I'm living out loud and unapologetically. Oh, I love that. And, and we need to live that way, you know, yeah. but, but I think we need that inner confidence that only comes from God yes. to be able to do it, yes. right? Yes. We need, we need, we need to believe in ourselves like God believes in us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes a minute. I'm still, you know, God, are you sure? Are you with me? Can I hear, I, you know, I'm like, Tom, oh, wish back in the old days, the old Testament, so I can hear your voice talking, but you, you, you could tell when you're in the right path, you know, as long as you, you operate in your lane. Sometimes we just got to stop asking for a seat at the table, build your own table. Create your own path. And that's what I did. I just decided to create my own path. Since I didn't fit in to any groups, I just built my life brick by brick. I wasn't in race with anyone. I wasn't in competition with anyone. I built my life brick by brick. Like I never thought I would see this time when everyone is grown. So when I sit and, and just enjoy the quietness, and I'm like, yes, I did it. you did it but I think you also nailed another important step there and that is that you don't do this jump you know immediately it is that step by baby step brick by brick line upon line as it says in the bible that you gotta take the first step and then be brave enough to take the next one and the next one and keep going and it's gonna be hiccups the rejection is gonna come the 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 downfalls is gonna come and the thing is, we don't know how long those downfalls are. You just got to keep working. And I guarantee you from what I know, if you keep going, it's almost like when I took a step, God took a step. Then it's like we came in like a salsa dance. You know, it's like <laughs> he took a step, I took a step. And before I knew it in 14 years, and I used to feel ashamed. I'm like, because I didn't, my life is not the traditional way. Graduate from high school, go to college. Um, buy the big house, the, the car, you've been on your job 20, 30 years. I just rebuilt my life in the last 14 years, but I'm, I'm proud of it. It's not the traditional way, but I'm, I'm proud of how far I've come. Oh, and, I, and I, I can't help but think that God is proud of you too. And he's up there <laughs> going, and look at what I'm going to do with you in the next 14 years, <laughs> Dr. Holden. You just wait and see. <laughs> You're going to move mountains. <laughs> yes. Well, this has been an honor, seriously, a, a complete honor to rub shoulders with you today, to, to hear your story, to feel your energy, to 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 be able to share your motivation with those who are discouraged and Mm -hmm. feeling like, I don't know what to do. And I think you've given us so many amazing tips to, first of all, reach out to God and figure out what he believes you can do. And then, and then start building from there, just the baby steps, right? Just the baby steps. Yeah. I, I didn't try to do everything at once. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much. This has been 
truly an honor. I feel so blessed to have been able to talk to you. I feel motivated. I'm going to, I feel like I can go out and conquer the world. <laughs> and that's a good, that's a good that's feeling good to have, right? It's a yes. good feeling to have. We all need to feel that way and, and realize that we each have potential. Yes. So. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of powerful stories of hope. I know there are many of you out there who are going through a hard time, and I hope you found useful things that you can apply to your own life in today's podcast. If you would like to access the show notes of today's show, please visit my website, storiesofhopepodcast.com. There you will find a summary of today's show, the transcript, and one of my favorite takeaways. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this episode with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a quote or a scripture verse that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this podcast. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help you bear the burden. And above all else, remember God loves you.